ultimately the very things that someone who teaches the Bible or a preacher or a pastor wants to see happen. What do they want to see happen? They want to see people come to Christ. They want to see people grow. You can't do that. God has to do that through you. You are totally dependent on the Lord. It is something that I believe is a lifestyle, and it's something that has to be just ingrained into the faith and the commitment of anybody in ministry that we seek to sharpen our tools. We want to be the best servants we can. We want to be faithful. But ultimately, we are totally dependent upon God to see real spiritual fruit. Welcome to Mid-South Viewpoint. Hi, I'm Byron Tyler. Glad to be here today with you and my guest, Dr. David Olford, the president of Olford Ministries International at GMF, Global Ministries Foundation, connected with the Olford Ministries. David, it's always good to see you. How are you doing? Doing great. Great to be with you, Byron. Appreciate uh, WCRV and Todd and the family here and all that you do for the gospel and uh, for the Lord. Well, I was just thinking about the rich heritage that you have in your family. Not only you having the late Dr. Stephen Olford, your father, and of course your mother, Heather Olford. What a lovely, lovely lady. Mm. I was so thankful I had the opportunity to actually sit down with her on a two-part interview that we did on this show just a couple of months before she passed Mm. and got some more great stories of her upbringing and the heritage of the Olford family. But your wife, Ellen Olford, who is the director of women's ministry at Central Church, her family, Dr. and Mrs. Grogan, we're talking another spiritual history there. Dr. Grogan, I understand, had something to do with Le Bonner Children's Hospital. Is that correct? Well, for years, he, he served as a medical doctor and uh, eventually a pediatric allergist. And I don't know how many different families he touched uh, over the years because uh, there's a lot of children out there that have allergies. If you live in Memphis, you're going to have allergies. That's right. And so uh, he served that way, served right into his 80s. Real man of God. And just uh, you don't know how important it is to have that stability, that framework of of godly parents. Sometimes it's not what is said. It's it's how it's lived. And uh, just that framework that gives security and consistency and love, it has its impact in ways that you realize uh, the longer you live. Oh, Mike, you really do think about just how God has orchestrated, you know, the Mm. affairs of your family and your life, how good he is, the grace, his faithfulness to your family. You have something else to celebrate. You've got two wonderful daughters, Lindsay and Stephanie. They just completed an educational mile marker in both of their lives and I know you're proud of both of them. Absolutely. We're we're just praising the Lord. They love Jesus, and, of course, we know Jesus loves them. They've just finished uh, two different master's programs, uh, one to, to serve the Lord, and they're in that stage of looking to the next step. They both went to Chicago, right? But that's they were right. in different institutions. That's, that's correct. Okay. And one was in the area of uh, clinical mental health, loves uh, working with uh, young people and counseling and ministry. She also loves uh, worship and and, uh, singing and leading in worship. Uh, The other was in a a theological studies program and uh, just wants to be used of God with those gifts. So uh, we're uh, rejoicing. As a parent, when you see your kids serving him, looking for ways to minister to other people, that really does uh, fill your heart with a lot of joy, doesn't it? Well, God has been uh, very gracious to us, and uh, we just praise him for uh, his work in their lives and 
uh, just uh, the, the joy that we do have because of how he has worked in their lives. David, so thankful I had the pleasure, as I mentioned, about having time with your mom, but I also had time to sit down on numerous occasions with your father, the late Dr. Stephen Olford. How long has it been now since uh, he passed? It's been uh, 15 years. You and your father had such a strong, tight relationship. You know, some kids can't say that about their parents. You know, there's, there's distance, there's separation, there's conflict. But I know that you had a really healthy relationship with your dad. I did, and and Dad was uh, very, very, very much a mentor to me, as well as uh, a colleague in ministry. As as I grew older, always Dad, always Dad. That never changed. Dad was uh, someone who not only loved the Lord, but he loved life, and he loved uh, the various aspects of life, and and so we enjoyed so many different things together. He, he was focused on the Lord and on the ministry of the Word. But, you know, he enjoyed a good game of golf. He enjoyed various activities. And, and your mom enjoyed a good oh, game of absolutely. golf, too. They, they played together. That's it what was, I thought. It was, that was their thing for <laughs> relaxation, just to get out on the grass and play together. Not so much, well, I think occasionally there was a little competition <laughs> there, but not so much for competition, just to, to be together. Do you and Ellen have any type of similar hobbies you enjoy? Not golf. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that hasn't been it yet, but we enjoy, uh, you know, various activities that uh, that we do together. But uh, a lot of times it's just uh, getting that, that walk in every now and again or just a good meal together that we, we can talk because uh, life is busy and uh, but we do uh, value those times very much. You met Ellen when you moved to Memphis, or did you know her prior to coming to Memphis? No, uh, we met uh, just a few days after I arrived in Memphis. I think that's why the Lord brought us to Memphis, because uh, marriage is, is a vital part of life. <laughs> and it was just a few days after uh, here, I think it was at a missions potluck lunch or something at our church that we met and then... Other meetings developed quite quickly. So was it love at first sight? What was the initial attraction? Well, it was it was just uh, an opportunity to, to meet someone who was from Memphis. And uh, yeah, I mean, uh, there was an initial uh, attraction, but uh, we were both a little bit older than some when they start dating and being both in ministry, because she was and I was, you know, there was a, a little bit of caution just to sort of sense whether or not this was the right thing to do, because some sort of casual relationship just wasn't wasn't going to happen. Yeah. I mean, neither of us were in that sort of mindset. And it was just after a, a few times together that I really saw, hey, we need to pursue this relationship, see if God is definitely bringing us together in marriage. It really didn't take that long, but uh, it was a decision that was made. I remember realizing it in the middle of a lake somewhere. Is that where you proposed to her? No, 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 no. That was, uh, I actually proposed to her up at Pickwick in the, in the, in the woods. Okay. And we took a little walk. <laughs> took a little and, walk. <laughs> and uh, we had a place in the woods where uh, there was a path and it split in two directions. And I stood right there and I said, uh, you know, Ellen, we need to make a decision and we need to make a decision whether we're going to walk the, the same path together. And I believe that's what I want to do, and I believe that's what the Lord has. And she agreed. I didn't know you were that romantic. That sounds like a very romantic way to propose. Well, uh, it was about the best I could do, but <laughs> it, it was it was. Uh, there were a lot of nice uh, moments along the way, and it's one of those things that there's good memories, and we praise God for that. Training 
pastors. That has been the heartbeat of the Ulfer Ministries International there at GMF, training pastors, evangelists, church leaders all around the world, David. Well, you know, we're very blessed in that because of media in the 60s and 70s, when my father was on, lots of contacts were made worldwide because my father literally was on radio worldwide. And that sort of laid a foundation and then ministry developed to those various countries. And we still are involved in that. But we have really, really fine internationals that come to us who are key leaders that are involved, particularly in training other pastors. I count that to be a wonderful stewardship that God has given to us. I mean, we have folks that come from the States, and we're involved now in trying to do even more on the on the local level to encourage and equip teachers and preachers right here. But um, I think one of the, the real blessings has been uh, this uh, ongoing impact in the international arena. We have about, I think it's over 30 people who actually have our materials who are able to train in their own countries. So they're like facilitators. Absolutely. Okay. It's multiplication ministry. That's that's the key, to teach, teach others also, Paul said to Timothy, and that's what we're trying to pass on. We want to teach so that they can teach others also. That is so vital for the church. I mean, mm-hmm. that is really foundational for the church. That's how we got to where we are today. Absolutely. The succession of truth. We have a, a stewardship of truth that is ours, and uh, we have to pass that on to the next generation. And and our part in that is trying to equip pastors, Bible teachers, evangelists to rightly divide the word of truth so that they can do that. And then they can equip others to to be sharing the word of God faithfully in the power of the Holy Spirit. And some of these places can be quite difficult to preach. I mean, we're talking the church as a whole in the world. We're hearing stories of increased persecution of the church and so pastors are really having some big challenges in some places. Well, absolutely. Uh, a couple that serve in India sent me a picture of one of their preachers who had been killed there uh, in violence in, in India. Uh, we have quite a few now coming from Nigeria. That's a key country, I think, in the whole uh, future. Uh, that's just my opinion in terms of uh, the world because of the, the, the challenges between uh, Islam and Christianity. And a lot of these pastors are, are uh, facing uh, the challenges in Nigeria. And so uh, we're, we're uh, really privileged to have some men who are faithful and uh, facing some challenging situations. David, Billy Graham called your father, Dr. Stephen Olford, and I quote, the man who most influenced my ministry. He was a personal confidant of Dr. Graham's. How does it make you feel being compared to your father at times? I know that uh, you have to try to fill those shoes. Sometimes people look at Dr. David Olford and compare mm-hmm. Dr. Stephen Olford. Well, Dr. Ted Randall, who teaches at our center, wonderful man of God, incredible Bible teacher and pastor for many, many years as well. He used to say, because he followed a great man where, where he taught at Prairie Bible Institute, and uh, used to say that uh, he couldn't fill his shoes, but he could walk in his steps, and there's a difference. And, uh, you know, I can't fill my dad's shoes, uh, and our gifting is different, our experience is different, but I do hope to follow his pattern of life and uh, his passion for the Lord and, and the, the basics that uh, he taught me over the years. But uh, there's no way I can copy him. And as a matter of fact, in the early days of ministry, you know, I think sometimes when people heard my 
American accent versus his British accent. I think you know, you know, like what happened to you? <laughs> I said I grew up in New York City, yeah. so I, you know, I'm sorry about that. Yeah. We talk about equipping pastors, and I know you do a lot of that through your institutes and the training that you've done over the years. Can we talk just a second about empowering them? And what does it mean to be empowered, have a pastor empowered? Well, it really comes through your walk with God. There's no shortcut. It has to do with your walk with God, your relationship with the Lord, the integrity of your life, being authentic. But then I also think it it comes about through a sense of absolute dependence upon God. It's interesting that ultimately the very things that someone who teaches the Bible or a preacher or a pastor wants to see happen, what do they want to see happen? They want to see people come to Christ. They want to see people grow. You can't do that. God has to do that through you. You are totally dependent on the Lord. It is something that I believe is a lifestyle, and it's something that has to be just ingrained into the faith and the commitment of anybody in ministry that we seek to sharpen our tools. We want to be the best servants we can. We want to be faithful. But ultimately, we are totally dependent upon God to see real spiritual fruit. And that is... I believe is it's it's not a matter of somehow we gain power <laughs> it's trusting in God's power yes. to enable ministry to be done as it should. I won't forget the time I had the opportunities I mentioned to sit down with your mother Heather Olford to talk about uh, her life in the ministry for so many wonderful years with your father. But I remember a couple of stories she shared that really stood out to me when we were talking about really empowerment. And I think it was back in the maybe 1940s or so. I believe it was Dr. Graham's first visit to England, maybe one of his first times in England. Your dad, as I mentioned, was a spiritual mentor to Dr. Graham. Dr. Graham sought out your father at one particular meeting that he was at. Your father was very engaged in teaching and preaching and did not have the time to give Dr. Graham at that moment, but said, listen, if you can meet me in Wales at a hotel— We'll spend some time together in prayer, and we'll discuss that. And the question Dr. Graham wanted to talk about, what is the filling of the Holy Spirit? Mm -hmm. That's what Dr. Billy Graham asked your father, and your dad spent some considerable time in a hotel room praying with Dr. Graham and explaining Mm -hmm. to him through the Scriptures what it meant to be empowered and filled with the Holy Spirit. That's right. They had a wonderful prayer relationship that developed after that initial meeting, and uh, that was a time of talking about depending on the Holy Spirit and His work in the life. I think they talked about the quiet time. Can I share a story? Please, about yeah. Many years later, Dr. Graham had a, a meeting in Central Park in New York City, and my father and I were present. It was a big event, big stage, lots of music. Dr. Graham was speaking, and somewhere along the line in the program, there was a tap on my father's shoulder, and someone came from uh, the Billy Graham team to say, uh, Dr. Graham wants to see you. And so we walked around. I mean, there's thousands of people at this meeting. And I think the Brooklyn Tabernacle or some group was singing. And we walked around the back of the stage, went up on the stage, and there was Dr. Graham sitting. And nobody could see this because it was all blocked off by the music. And, uh, There was an initial meeting, you know, sharing, you know, how are you doing and so forth. And then Dr. Graham just said, uh, 
to my father, I'm really feeling weak. There's lots of ministry ahead. Would you pray for me? And so my father just, uh, you know, just prayed a prayer that, uh, you know, just as a a brother in ministry, a colleague, a friend, you know, two warriors together praying for Dr. Graham. And after the prayer, we literally, we just walked off the stage and my father said, let's, let's go back to where we're staying. As far as he was concerned, that's why he was there. Right. He was there to pray for his friend in ministry. But I believe one of the reasons that over the years, Dr. Graham was so greatly used of God was that sense of dependence and personal weakness. Think about it. I mean, he'd preached a few times before, right? Yeah. yeah. I mean, this is, this is in his latter years. Yeah. This yeah. is one of those right. last right. rallies in right. New York City. And yet he's asking my father, who he pulls out of the crowd, to come up and have a special prayer with him. Wow. Just to pray because he had that sense of weakness, particularly with other ministry that was coming up in the future. And that was something I was witnessing as yes. just a, you know, a, not quite a fly on the wall, but that kind of thing. <laughs> And it just was such a blessing to me because I saw what I believe is genuine ministry taking place in the sense that he knows it's of God. It's got to be of God. I've got to have the strength that only the Lord can provide. And that, to me, goes back <laughs> all the way to those initial meetings. The same. Yes. It's the same thing. It's yes. not some magic formula. It's that out of sense of desperation and dependence on the Lord, we seek His filling, His empowering, His strength to be able to be faithful. That's something, David, that we all should be seeking. Absolutely. I mean, that empowerment of the Holy Spirit, realizing that we're weak. I think sometimes, you know, we, and I know I do, I get stubborn, and and I (laughs) Mm -hmm. try to do it in my own strength. And yet, God wants us to realize our weakness and our greater dependence upon Him. Yeah, you know, we've been going through, we were talking about this before we we started here, uh, various physical issues that we've been facing in our families, and you know we're we're fragile, and it it doesn't take much <laughs> to knock us down. You know, particularly in the physical arena. You know, when a, an illness comes, uh, some key issue, and I, we all face those things. But it's a reminder to us that uh, that we are frail, and I think our spiritual strength comes from the Lord. And and it's that dependence upon the Lord, acknowledging that, Lord, uh, you know, we're yours. Uh, yes, we're your children. You've done everything in Christ for us. We're, we're uh, loved. We're blessed by grace beyond measure. But Lord, there needs to be that continued enablement, that continued work in my life for me to be faithful because uh, I can't fall back. If you think about it, there's only really two ways to to live or to minister. It's in the flesh or in the spirit. And we sometimes think there's a middle ground, but I don't I don't see that yeah. in Scripture. So either we're sort of getting into a total depending on ourselves, or we recognize that all our gifts are from God. We use those to His glory, but we depend upon His strength to do what only He can do. What only He can do. Okay, I want to go back as you talk about taking the the training, the institutes that you do here at the Olford Center, the the Stephen Olford mm-hmm. Center right here in Memphis, Global Ministries Foundation there at Riverdale and Winchester, just I guess that's south of Winchester. Yeah, 4,000 Riverdale. Right. Wonderful, beautiful facility. When you take 
the institutes outside and you go into other cultures, what are some of the challenges that you over the years have discovered? Because you're trying to make the message, the training relevant and transferable within the culture. Uh, How challenging is that sometimes? Well, that's why we like to say our method is men or our method is people. And what we mean by that is that if we can train somebody from from that culture and they understand the basics of what we're teaching and they have some of the resources, they can help in the contextualizing process because there's no way we can fully grasp the different nuances of the different cultures uh, that we're in. But uh, by by training key people right. from those cultures. Like the 30 you mentioned just a moment yeah, ago. Yeah, exactly. Okay, out, exactly. Of the, out of the 30 here that have been trained, uh, and I'm sure all could... Now, could, there's a whole lot more oh, you know, that sure. happen, but those are key, the, key people. Out of those key people, uh, can you have reports of just what ministry is taking place in some of the areas yes, where they are? Yeah, yeah. we just, we just, uh, we get reports. We just had one from a, a gentleman from Nigeria who, who actually put on a, a training seminar across the border in Ghana and, uh, had a, had a wonderful time. And we're not worried about, you know, massive numbers. Sometimes they're, they're a large group. Sometimes it's very small, but it's that, that training. The one thing that we ask is that, you know, they maintain, we have an agreement, you know, the, the integrity of the training. In other words, they don't just pull out one, one video or one lesson and teach that. Right. They, we want them to go through uh, the various key aspects of what we teach so that it's, it's, it's uh, rounded and complete. And uh, we've been really blessed by uh, the response uh, that we've received. And we get reports back in different countries. And as you know, we were in uh, Japan uh, last year, and I was in Japan earlier this year uh, for a preaching time. But in November, we're going back to do one of our institutes in Tokyo. We've been in Osaka quite often. And we, we've we been, I think Dr. Rendell and I have been there, I think, nine times, or this is the ninth. And uh, we're looking forward, and we have key translators who have been uh, over the years we've worked with, and some are new, some, but some are, are old, and uh, they they want it done exactly how we do it in Memphis. They, they want the same sessions, the same treat, uh, teaching. Ultimately, we have to trust those key leaders to, to contextualize right. and to put it within their own context. Well, bringing the Institute back here to Memphis, as you just mentioned, 2019 courses are coming up. I mean, we've got the Essentials of Expository Preaching and Teaching coming up in June, the 17th through the 27th. Yes. Yeah. What, what we're doing is um, a lot of folks in our greater Mid-South area have not been able to attend because we have these like four-day intensives, and it's hard to take off right. time, obviously. So what we're doing is... Um, we're taking uh, seven sessions, six evenings and a Saturday morning where we're going to present the same material. And it's it's a Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday morning, Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, starting on June 17th is the first one. And uh, we're hoping that uh, not only pastors, preachers, but maybe some who are involved in teaching Sunday school classes, large connect point, whatever they're called, but are involved in regular teaching, preaching of the Word of God will be able to come. And uh, the same principles are, are 
are relevant for anyone who's involved in communicating biblical truth. So these could be lay leaders, too. Absolutely. Maybe deacons, elders, or other Sunday school teachers, or those who maybe just have a hunger to be able to understand God's Word better. Absolutely. I, I had the privilege a number of times of going to San Antonio to a church down there to do training. And uh, when I'm doing the training, the pastor always has his deacons and uh, and uh, key Sunday school class leaders in the training with, with these pastors that come. And uh, he's just trying to train his own people, you know, to better handle Scripture in a teaching and preaching situation. Well, it's one of the greatest resources of biblical studies that we have in our city, and it's been it's been here for a while. And if you don't know about it, friend, you do need to learn about the Olford Ministries International at the Stephen Olford Center for Biblical Preaching at Global Ministries Foundation there at Riverdale, 4000 Riverdale. The uh, facility is just wonderful. It's a great, uh, tranquil type of place to go to study and to absorb the teaching of, of God's Word from some great men who have labored for many, many years mm-hmm. and uh, have trained pastors who have pastored themselves. And so what an opportunity. And so and there's other throughout the year of 2019 and ongoing other courses you can learn about. And I guess the website would be a good resource too, right? Yeah, the the simplest is olford.org. That's O L F O R D.org. Go there and you'll you'll see a lot of different events listed. If you're interested in June 17th, you need to find that date. But uh yeah, it gives information about the ministry as well or or they can call. Could I give a, a Please, number yeah. 901 Four five three six four two two. That's nine zero one four five three six four two two. And uh, I'm very happy to say we're doing some ads through WCRV as well. Thank so you. Hopefully yeah. they'll be be out uh, shortly. But uh, we really do want to encourage folks uh, to be refreshed, be strengthened in their own uh, teaching biblical truth. Doctor David Olford, always a pleasure, my dear brother, to have you here. To share about the Great work to be you with guys. you. Thanks so much. Well, friends, that's all the time we have on this edition of Mid-South Viewpoint. Thanks for stopping by. I'm Byron Tyler. We'll talk to you next time. Bye-bye. Hi, I'm Byron Tyler, back just before the music trails out. Today's show is available at BotRadioNetwork.com under our Memphis page. Make sure you type your zip code. Now, this will direct you to the local page. Then when you're at our site, then look for Mid-South Viewpoint Radio Show under the weekday program schedule. You can listen to today's show and previous shows from the past. Programs are also available on iTunes and Stitcher Podcast. Thanks so much for listening to Bot Radio Network here in Memphis.